with this setting in the Word of God, Paul in his first letter to the young preacher Timothy in chapter number 6 is where we find our text tonight. Timothy was one of the greatest preachers of his time. He's, his mentor was the Apostle Paul. He was led to Christ under Paul's ministry. He had a wonderful mother. My, if you've got a godly mama, boy, there's nothing like that. I got a godly mama. She's yonder in heaven. And every once in a while when I'm preaching, I think I hear her shout and say, Preach it, boy, preach it. Well, Timothy knew what it was like to have a godly mama. He also knew what it was like to have a godly grandma. He had a godly grandmother, a godly mother. He had a godly mentor in the Apostle Paul. He's got a lot of good things going for him. But Paul said there's going to be something that you're going to need beyond a godly mama. There's going to be something you're going to need beyond a godly grandma. There's going to be something you're going to need beyond a godly mentor. I want you to notice what it is in verse number 13. He said, Timothy, I give thee charge. Look at that. He said, Timothy, you're going to need a charge. If you're a student of the Bible, you know every word in the Bible is divinely inspired. You know that. And I'm a King James man. That's all I got. That's all I use. That's all I read. I don't use nothing else. It was good for our forefathers. And it's good for us. And it's still the right choice. The old King James Bible. And if that makes you nervous, I'm just going to have to pray extra for you because I'm not changing. I've come too far to look back. I remember when the things of this world became strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Paul said, Timothy, you're going to need a charge. I'm interested in that word charge. I want you to turn over a couple of chapters to a familiar place that we find that word charge. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul again writing to the young preacher. And he says, I charge thee. Do you see that? Chapter 4 verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Well, in chapter 4, the charge, it's a commandment. It's a commission. Every preacher of God is commanded. They're commissioned. They're charged to preach the word. That's a familiar place we see the word charge. But back in our text in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, it's the same word, Brother Joe, but it has a different meaning. 
He said, I give thee charge. In this verse, the word charge means to make a connection. To make a connection to transfer a message. Now Timothy's got the right message. He's got the right training. He's got the right Bible. He's got the truth, but he's never going to be able to transfer that truth until he makes a connection. We need a connection tonight. Folks are excited about their internet connection. They're excited about their Facebook connection. They're excited about Snapchat, Instagram, and all these connections. But these connections are not what's going to give us what we need tonight. How many of you know we need a connection to heaven? We need to get plugged in to that land that's fairer than day. Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, I give thee charge. You know, you and I live in the most battery-dependent world that there's ever been. You don't believe it? You look at this crowd tonight. I wonder how many batteries are in here. I'm not fussing, that's just the way we are. We got batteries for our phone, batteries for our tablet, batteries for our computers. We got batteries everywhere there's batteries. Batteries are a great tool. Thank God for a battery. It's a power supply. It's a power source. But how many of you know a dead battery is not worth 10 cents? And I believe that's what Paul is telling Timothy. Your mama can't give you this. And your grandma can't give you this. And I can't give you this. You're going to need to make a connection to heaven if you're going to have a charge. I want to preach a little bit tonight. It's time for a charge. I said it's time for a charge. God's people are dying. Our churches are dying. Discouragement has come to the house of God. Despair and conflict. But I'm here to tell you, friends, we can make a connection. Thank God we can get charged. Thank God we can get power from another world. Some of you come in here wondering what's wrong with you. You don't have no joy. You've lost your power. You've lost your shout. You've lost your song. You've lost your victory. Well, really, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need a charge. Hallelujah. Some of you got a phone in your pocket that costs 1200 bucks. Say amen. Now, when that battery goes dead, are you going to chunk it? Are you going to throw it in the river? Oh, no, there's nothing wrong. I said there's nothing wrong. It just needs a charge. I see that concept among the people of God. If you're saved by God's grace, there's nothing wrong. All you need is a charge. I'm here to tell you that God can give you a charge in this service here tonight. I used to work in the battery industry. 
Some of you men may remember Douglas batteries of days gone by. I worked in the division where we built mine batteries. Batteries larger than that piano. Batteries, Brother Travis, that could run a mine excavating machine down into the coal mines where they could not use an internal combustible engine because of fumes and danger. So they have these massive batteries that ran these massive machines. One of those batteries that I used to build could light up three city blocks. I'm talking about power. But guess what we sold alongside every one of those mammoth batteries? I'm talking about a battery that could light up three city blocks. I'm talking about a battery that could push a machine nearly as large as this building. You know what we sold with it, Brother Chris? We sold a charger. Because if that battery does not stay charged when it gets to its destination and dies, it becomes worthless. I'm not trying to offend you this evening, but when we lose our charge, we become worthless. I said when we lose our charge, we become worthless. It's time we had a charge. Some time ago, Brother Tony, a man met me at the back and he popped a battery out of his hearing aid. He said, what do you think about that? Well, it wasn't big as the piano. It was the size of a pencil lid. But the same principle, that little tiny battery, if it's charged, it powers a device that helps that man to hear. But that battery's worthless, Tommy, when it goes dead. Tonight, I want to use the analogy of a battery and say tonight to God's people, we are so much like a battery and it's time for a charge. Now, I want to start tonight here with components. When you think about a battery... There are components. Now, the chemistry and science of a battery is more complicated than any of us could even comprehend. But there's two major components that every battery possesses that I believe we all can understand. Every battery has a positive and it has a negative. Can somebody say amen? Now I've met some folks that all they want is positive. They want a preacher always smiling. They want a preacher always telling them how good they are. But I'm telling you, friends, there's more to it than that. Sometimes you got to have some negative. Amen. You know the Bible says this. Let me preach about Brother Sperling just a minute. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians... Chapter 10 and verse 17, chapter 1, verse 17, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. 
Do you understand one of your power supplies is found in that faithful preacher who preaches to you the Word of God? Oh, you cannot underestimate the value of a godly preacher. Thank God you've had a preacher that stayed with you here pastoring over 30 years. That's a rare thing. I say praise God. The other day I saw where Taco Bell was giving a sign-on bonus. What do you think about that? Well, if Taco Bell is giving a sign-on bonus for new employees, I say the pastor needs a stay-on bonus. Say amen right there because he's weathered the storm and kept on plugging for God's glory. Now, you thought I was doing good till I got to meddling. But I'm here to tell you, God's not going to bless a church that don't love its pastor. God's not going to bless you if you don't bless your pastor. Why is it getting so quiet? Maybe we need some of those hearing aids, huh? Come on now. No, it's not your hearing's the problem. It's your heart's the problem. And we need a charge. For example, I'm looking at two glass doors where you come in to this church. There's going to be times you're going to come in them doors. You're going to be so discouraged. You're going to be so defeated. You're going to be so down and out. You're going to come with the white flag of surrender in your back pocket. This is your last trip. I can't go no more. I can't go any farther. But you get yourself drugged to that pew and you sit down and here comes the preacher with a word from God. It's in those times he'll bring you a positive charge. He'll bring you something encouraging. Whoop, have you ever been there? He'll bring you something uplifting. He'll bring you something that'll help you. And before that service is over, you done tuck the old white flag deep in your pocket and you say, I'm going on for the glory of God. I want to thank God every time I went to church and I need a positive charge that God gave me a positive charge. But I'm looking at those same double doors, Chris, and There'll be times you'll come in this house of God that spiritually you ain't worth 10 cents. You hadn't read your Bible all week. Hadn't been in the prayer closet. Been on the internet to places you should never ever go. And you come in here in bad shape. Well, you're at the right place. Because it's those times Pastor Sperling will come with a negative charge. In other words, he'll nail your hide to the walls. You'll leave the church saying, who made him mad? It's like blood, guts, and gallbladders everywhere. I say praise God for that kind of preaching. What's wrong with Baptist people? They want to hear what they want to hear. But what we want to hear is not always what we need. We need to hear what the Lord has to say. 
I'm a product tonight of preaching. Thank God for preaching. I got saved under preaching. I got called to preach under preaching. I've been encouraged under preaching. I've been rebuked, reprimanded, told I was sorry, low down and good for nothing. You ever been there? Oh, thank God for that kind of preaching. I'm convinced that this generation we got now, they couldn't survive one sermon of the old time preachers. They weren't afraid of nobody but God. They preached against everything. I'm telling you everything. They preached against television. Me and Juanita just got married. All we had, why my got quiet when I said television. Television's romper room compared to what we got now. Whoop, hallelujah. Me and Juanita didn't have much. We had a little 13-inch black and white RCA TV. It had rabbit ears. Young people don't know what rabbit ears is. A little girl came to me recently and said, Brother Don, why are you against a bunny having ears? It's just impossible to explain. Well, we could pick up three channels. Two fuzzy channels and one pretty clear channel. Well, them preachers preached against that. I'm telling you, it was some bad stuff we was watching. Stuff like Andy Griffith's show. Stuff like Gunsmoke. Gilligan's Island. And we even saw them bedroom scenes of I Love Lucy when she got in her bed and he got in his... Come on now. How many of you know we've come a long ways, baby? But we've come the wrong way, baby. We need tonight uh, some red-hot hellfire brimstone preaching. A preacher that's not afraid to tell us just like it is. Now some of you thinking we don't need that negative stuff. You, you're already in disagreement with me. Pick any car in the parking lot you want. Pop the hood. Disconnect the negative side and see how good you do. Come on, you got to have both. You can't live on positive. You can't live on negative. You've got to have both. I'm glad God put me in places, Brother Travis, when I was just about gone and God charged me up. I'm charged tonight. I wonder if we had a meter across your forehead. Would you be in the green? Would you be in the middle? Would you be in the black or down in the red? I'm afraid most Baptists are down in the red. What you need to do is get charged. You need some positive preaching. You need some negative preaching. You need anointed preaching of the Word of God. I got to move. Man, I'm preaching a long time on point one. Now, I worked in the battery world, Brother Bill, and, and here's a big word. Don't let it scare you, but I need to use it. In the battery world... There's what we call continuity. Continuity. It's a big word for unity. How many of you remember the old tube type, barrel type flashlights? 
where you dropped batteries in. Now, the young people don't know what that is. They think that flashlights were born as an app on their phone. But I had a flashlight before you had a phone. And let's see if I got it right, Brother TJ. You dropped the negative side in first. Joe, don't it fall on a spring? And if it's a two-battery unit, drop the top one in the same way. Am I right so far? And if you got charge and a good bulb, screw it all together, you got light. You know what you've made inside that barrel? You've made continuity. You have taken two batteries and made them one. Friends, look at how many batteries we got sitting in here tonight. How much power we could have if we all got together. You know, my wife, Brother Travis, she's got a mag light. It holds four batteries. Now, she don't care if they're charged or not. She said makes a good weapon. Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. When they say no guns allowed, some of you carry a mag light in. Whoops, say amen right there. But listen, you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a scholar to know how many batteries it takes to short circuit the power. How many does it take turn the wrong way to shut down the power? I heard several of you say just one. Now, brother, we got a crowd here tonight, but guess how many it would take to shut down the power? All it takes is one. One that's turned the wrong way. It's time God's people got in one mind, one accord, get in continuity. We're on the same team. Hey, if you're a great singer and you didn't get to sing tonight, you ought to not be a bit upset. You ought to be cheering those that were singing tonight. We're not in competition. It's not quartet against quartet. It's quartets working together. It's not trio against trio. It's trios working together. It's not choirs against choirs. It's choirs working together. I'm going to tell you tonight, this first time I've ever stepped in this building that I know of. But I'll tell you this tonight, the greatest enemy of this church. You say, what is it, preacher? Is it liquor? Is it drugs? Is it adultery, fornication? I hammer down all that stuff every chance I get. But that's not the greatest enemy to this church. The greatest enemy to this church is broken harmony, broken continuity. When we're no longer working together. I'm going to tell you, this church can get something done if everybody's turned the same way. But when you get people out of shape, you get people out of continuity, then you've sure enough got a problem. Now, I know what some of you think. Well, you don't know what they did to me. What if Jesus acted like that? Look what we did to him. Look what those soldiers did to him. Can you hear the nails ringing as they drive him in his hands and feet? Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the Lord displayed forgiveness beyond our comprehension. 
And if we can't love our brother whom we have seen, how can we love God? How can we love God? How can we love God whom we have not seen? Woo, I feel a preaching spell coming on. July the 31st, 2016 was officially my last day as pastor. The Lord told me to step down, hardest thing I've ever done in the ministry. I left people who loved me and rallied behind me. Brother Travis, it was like a funeral when I told them that God told me to leave. Well, God put me in evangelism now for these six years, and God's helped me. I'm preaching now with about 90 revivals a year. That's a pretty full schedule. God had another plan for me. It's not His plan for everybody, but it was for me. And I remember that first time going out, my wife was with me, and we were headed, Brother Bill, to Mate One, West Virginia. I just assumed it was coal mine country, and it was. And as we were going through them winding roads, Brother Tony, winding and winding, and out there in the middle of nowhere, there's a big old billboard. You wouldn't think that them people could even write, say amen, let alone have a billboard. Well, the billboard said this, Hatfield's bed and breakfast. Come over and stay with us. I looked at my wife. I said, that sounds like something I've heard of. Hatfields? Well, we drove a while further. And out of the blue, there's another big billboard. Said, McCoy's Diner. The best food in Mate One. I said, Hatfields? McCoy's? Surely that's not where we're going. Winded a few more turns, Brother Bill. And guess what the sign said? Welcome to feud country. I looked at my wife. I said, 28 years of pastoring. And our first day, we're in feud country. At least we'll understand. At least we'll know what's going on. At least we'll feel at home because they're trying to kill each other. Say amen. You never guess where we were staying. Hatfield's bed and breakfast. I didn't have a say in it. You know, sometimes you'll get pulled into a side and you don't even realize how you got there. Well, we went into that bed and breakfast. It was an antique house. It was a beautiful old house. We were on the second floor. And we went up to our second floor room and the church had provided a vegetable tray for my wife and I to snack on. Well, Juanita goes over there and pops open that lid. And those vegetables are raw. They're clean, nothing wrong, but they were raw. And that smell of those raw vegetables bothered her. So without saying anything to me, she goes over here and opens a window. Ignoring there's a General Electric air conditioner in that window. We're on the second floor. That went, listen, that General Electric air condition went, boop. You know, it would have been a good commercial for General Electric. 
it just kept running. It just kept running until the cord ran out. I'm looking out the window. Way down there's our air condition. I said, Juanita, why in the world did you do this? She said they should have had it more secure. How many of you know you can't win with a woman? How many of you men got enough guts and grace to say, Amen, you can't win with a woman? I said, yeah, but I'm the one has got to call downstairs. She said, you want to be the man and the head of the house? Go to it. I said, Juanita, when I call them, they're going to think we're McCoy spies. And we've come in to destroy their place. Well, they were kind, and at least to our faces. And they put the air condition back in place. First morning, we went down for our breakfast, complimentary breakfast. And the lady serving us said, Have you ever heard of Mate Wine? Have you ever heard of the Hatfields and McCoys? I said, Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, I kind of laughed. I said, Old family feud. And she said, Well, preacher, there was really nothing to laugh about back then. If you'd like me to, I'll teach you and your wife some of the history of the Hatfields and McCoys while you're here. I said, that'd be great. I'd love to hear it. And she began telling us about the Hatfields and McCoys. She said there was such hatred between those two families. There were cases where Hatfields tied McCoy children to trees and beat them with limbs and switches. There were times that McCoys a Hatfield woman. There was even murder between the Hatfields and McCoys. I said, ma'am, I didn't know it was that bad. She said, oh, the hatred was so bad. I said, ma'am, I'm a thinker. I said, something caused this. You don't just hate people like that. I said, what caused this hatred? She said, well, there were some undercurrents about a wedding But what brought it to the surface was both families disputed over the value and possession and ownership of a pig. Both families had money. The pig was not anything to those families. But both said it was theirs. And it caused that hatred to be born. It caused that hatred to drive people to do things they wouldn't normally do. I knew it would get quiet on this. But I'm here to tell you, friends, this is a fact. Toward the end of the week, I said, Ma'am, I said, it's obvious I'm sitting here in Hatfield's place across the road is McCoy's Diner. I said, what if these two owners of these businesses, Mr. Hatfield, Mr. McCoy, what if they met on the street today? Would we have a problem? Would we have to call the police? Would they cross the street not to face each other? First time she smiled all week. She said, oh no preacher. They've got all that behind them. And if they meet on the street, they'll shake hands. And the Hatfields and McCoys are friends now because they've gotten over the past. Isn't it sad that two heathen families that killed each other abused each other, beat each other's children, 
just about unforgivable things they did to each other, but they forgave each other. And now they're friends. And you got people sitting at the house of God that can't forgive nobody. Brother, you better get in the forgiving business. If you don't forgive others, the Lord's not going to forgive you. There might be somebody on this first night of the meeting that needs to go to somebody and just say, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Submit yourselves one to another. If everybody submitted to everybody, there'd be no discord. There'd be no broken harmony. There'd be no gossip. There's so much gossip. Gossip on the phone. Gossip on Facebook. Gossip on social media. Have you heard? Have you heard? Don't you believe everything you hear? Give your brother or sister the benefit of the doubt and say, that's my brother, that's my sister, and you leave them alone. If they need dealing with, God's big enough to find them and God's big enough to bring it to light. i got to move on. That continuity is about God is heavy. One mind, one accord. Everybody turned the same way. Back in our text, if you still have your Bible open, look in verse 14. Not only components, continuity, but especially you men folks, some of you ladies know this about a battery. There's an issue with batteries and it's called corrosion. Look what it says in verse 14, that thou keep this commandment, without spot and unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the chemistry, the lead, the acid, all that makes up a battery, even its charge, causes that battery to become a magnet for corrosion. You ain't got to do nothing to it for it to corrode. In time, it just starts corroding. You remember the flashlights we was talking about? Do you remember finding one in the cabinet that's been there for years? And you say, hey man, there's an old flashlight. And you open it up, Brother Tony, and it's full of gook, old brown gook. Nobody put that in there. Those, those batteries pulled that in there. Batteries are magnets for corrosion. And you and I better wake up tonight. As a child of God, we are a magnet for corrosion. I'm telling you, it's a coming your way. I can't stop it from coming. All I can do is keep myself clean. Keep short tabs with God. Don't let corrosion build up in your life as a believer. Keep the way my youngest son Matt when he lived at home he saved up his money brother Chris and bought a old Dodge pickup it gave new meaning to Dodge pickups every fender and door a different color some wheels had hubcaps some didn't it was white letter white wall and black walls all in one vehicle an old V6 Dodge. It looked like it was long as this building. But he was proud of his old truck because he saved up his money and he bought that old truck. 
One day he's headed to his part-time job. And he goes out the door. I'm in the house. I hear him hit the switch on that old V6 Magnum and, and all it did was click. It was clicking so loud I could hear it in the house. Well, here comes Matt. He's about 16. He said, Daddy, my truck's a-clicking. I said, well, let's go check it out. Let's check the most obvious thing first. I said, pull that hood latch. I reached down there under that old black primered hood and I raised up that hood and it was like a snowstorm. It made us cough and choke. The air was full of old white. And a lot of you know what that was. It was corrosion. He said, Dad, what is all this? I said, when it calms down, you'll see. And it calmed down. There was two mountains of white on the top of his battery. That thing had got so corroded, it shut him down. I said, son, what you got to do? Clean all this up. Take it all apart. I got a wire brush, brush it, clean it, and when you get it clean, come back and get me. Well, about 45 minutes, I came back. He had it so clean, Brother Tony, you could have brushed your teeth in those connections. I said, hit the switch. Boy, and he hit that switch. Boo! That old V6 fired right up. I said, son, you see what your problem was? Corrosion shut you down. I said, you were blessed to be shut down right here in daddy's parking lot. But you could have been shut down in a bad place somewhere. And boy, I preached him a sermon about how this is not the end of this. You've got to keep this stuff clean. It's not a one-time clean. You've got to keep this stuff. Boy, I, I laid it on him like a daddy ought to. Well, one morning I'm in a hurry, TJ, and heading out to my Dodge truck. Now, my Dodge and his Dodge don't look like they come from the same planet. Mine's Inferno Red, 20-inch chrome wheels, 5.7 Hemi. It'll burn rubber, I'm telling you. Well, I'm in a hurry, and I jump in my shiny red Hemi Dodge and hit the switch. Guess what? Click, 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 click. Boy, I thank God for answering prayer because I said, Lord... Please don't let Matt be nowhere around. <laughs> I opened up my shiny red hood. Guess what? Snowstorm all over again. My battery's corroded. My battery is shut down. My power's shut down. And here's my message here, friends. You can put your finger in somebody else's face all you want to. You can tell them how they need to clean up all you want to. But if you're not careful, you're corroding yourself at the very same time. While I chewed on him for not keeping that stuff clean, I had neglected to keep my own stuff clean. Whoop! Boy, it's getting worse, isn't it? Corrosion. You just need a good cleaning. Amen. Sometimes the preaching you need feels like a wire brush. Say amen. But we just got to get cleaned up. The old songwriter said this, Brother Tony. He said, Nothing between my soul and the Savior. Keep the way clean. Let nothing. You can, you can look down on everybody else's corrosion all you want to. You can gossip, backbite, run them down, chew them out, do all you want to. 
But you better keep a check on your own terminals. You better keep a check on your own connections. Oh, it's easy to criticize somebody else. Amen. I got to move. But let's go back to our original thought in verse 12. I know y'all are not in no hurry. I, I know the folks sang tonight. It was about three hours and 42 minutes. So I can surely preach. No, I'm just kidding. Look in verse number 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Notice these next three words. Lay hold on. There's our connection. Lay hold on. Timothy's already saved, already saved, but he said lay hold on eternal life. So what does that mean if he's already saved? It means, Timothy, you've got to make a connection to eternal things. Things that pertain to eternal life. By the way, i got one with me tonight. Right here it is. You see, what's wrong with most of us here tonight? We hadn't laid hold on the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why I try to lay hold on it early every morning. Lay hold on the Word of God. We need a connection. You know another way you can make a good connection? Through prayer. See if this sounds like a battery charger, Brother Chris. Jude verse 20. But ye beloved, building. Building. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, if you want to be built up, if you want to be charged up, you're going to have to get back to the prayer closet. And let me give you this one because I want to, I want to labor here just a few minutes. My dad, he's been in heaven for years now, and when he still lived at home, he was getting real feeble, still lived at his own home. Mama's already in heaven. Dad had rheumatoid arthritis so bad in his knuckles and in his knees his joints, it make you hurt just to look at his knuckles. Man, they looked so bad. It got to a place where he couldn't button a button. Got to a place he couldn't open a bottle of water. But dad was determined, independent, wanted to live as alone as long as he could. And we wanted to encourage dad to do that if it was safe. Dad would drive his little Nissan pickup to Pilot Mountain and he did that about every day. And me and my brother thought, you know, it's really dangerous for him to be out there. If he breaks down, what's he going to do? He's never had a cell phone. He don't know nothing about a computer. Never been to an ATM machine. And he wouldn't know how to work a cell phone. And if he could, his hands wouldn't allow it. So I went to the cell phone people, told them about Dad's arthritis. I said, have y'all got anything for my dad? so we can have a little peace of mind when he's driving his truck. And he said, Rev, I got something in the back. And here he comes. Now this is a smart, regular smartphone here. But he brought a phone out bigger than that. But it was not a smartphone. It was just a big old phone with a big old keypad. He said, your dad could push these. I said, he sure could. Man, that thrilled me. I said, this is what we've been looking for. Dad could push these big keys if he had an emergency. 
and I flipped that old big phone upside down, Chris, and I saw the charging port. And I thought, well, this is the end of this. There's no way Dad, no way, no way Dad could hook up that charger to that little port. He said, wait a minute, Rev, I'm not done. In the same box, he pulled out a plastic frame, laid it on that table, pulled out an electric cord, hooked it to that frame, plugged it into a 110 outlet, and, and Travis, he held that old big phone up above that cradle, he called it a cradle, and dropped it. And when it did, it fell in that cradle, a light came on, started charging automatically. And the Lord spoke to my heart right there. How many times have you had a hard time making a connection all week? Just couldn't seem to make a connection all week. But come over to the house of God. Fall back in your cradle. Fall back in your pew. And the lights come on. And you start charging automatically. That's why it's important to be faithful to church. Because right there in your pew, you don't realize it, but you're in the charging cradle. And God is charging your life. How many of you agree with Paul? It's time for a charge. I could say this is for the people who's about to get out of church, hanging out. I could say that if I wanted to, but that wouldn't represent the real truth because tonight this is for everybody. Everybody in this room's got to stay charged. My challenge for us on the first night of revival, I wonder, could we turn the altar area into a super-duper, super-sized battery charger. And say, Preacher, I agree. I need a charge. And as we all stand all over the building, how many would like to get down here on this altar and say, Preacher, it's me. I know I need a charge. Would you slip out and come tonight? Don't be ashamed. The best batteries have to be charged. The most expensive batteries have to be charged. A new battery has to be charged. A powerful battery has to be charged. As these are coming tonight, we're turning the altar into a supersized battery charger. I don't want nobody down here saying, Lord, it's not my fault. No, you need to look at yourself. Are y'all going to try to sing something, brother? Folks are coming. Pastor's looking over everything. If you need some help on this altar, slip up your hand. Pastor will get somebody to help you.